I, Vegeta, the prince of all Saiyans, hereby command that you do not listen or subscribe to the Dragon Ball 4 Life podcast. Whatever you do, would you defy royalty? No! Bye! May we have your attention, please, and welcome to another episode of Dragon Ball Faux Life, where you come for the content, but you stay for the culture. And it's Friday. You know what that means. We have another brave challenger that has decided to answer the dragon call. But before we introduce our very special guest, you know who we are, the Fusion Dance Dons, a.k.a. the Mong Gods. I am Rojita, the Prince of All Sayings, Mr. Matthew Porter, a.k.a. Maddie Ice, here with my, my counterpart, the Oob to my Majin Buu, my Den Day One, going from the lookout to the cookout i miss the troll told trav talk to the people trav i mean you know me i stay chilling and i love that women like krillin ah. and we are back for another great dragon call interview and now matt look as we grow older and wiser you know we learn more about the art of good communication mm-hmm. you know maybe in the past we might be more reactionary and one-sided but as you hear more perspectives in life it's important to hear both sides in most scenarios well you see matt and i are no strangers to these dragon call interviews and as the age-old saying goes you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain Mm -hmm. on today's episode it's up to y'all to determine which side we reside on welcoming voice acting veteran and author one of many talents mr john swayze thank you for joining us today on this latest edition of dragon call we're so happy to have you here traps glad to be here thank you for (laughs) having Absolutely, absolutely. So, John, so you have a storied career in the voice acting world. Uh, for our more casual listeners, uh, John is the voice of All for One. And I'm super proud of myself because I always get One for All and All for One <laughs> mixed up <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Every single time. I'm like, oh, One for All. You saw what he did? Like, ah, no, that's the quirk. That's not the villain. <laughs> I do it every time, John. But yeah, you uh, have been a plethora of characters. Uh, uh, us, me and Travis, 90s kids, we like grew up, you know, with a lot of the work that you did in the early 2000s and whatnot. So with with your career, like spanning over 30 years, uh, was was voice acting always your passion? Because we found that a lot of the voice actors that we've had on kind of like stumbled into it. Like They really didn't have any no, aspirations I, I, to do it. And they just kind of got it. Um, no, you're yeah. exactly right. Most most <clears throat> pardon me, most voice actors today, in my opinion, uh, at least in the anime world, um, they really stumbled into it. I mean, everybody that's a voice actor really is an actor. I mean, they were actors. and But we just kind of found that um, our, for what, it, you know, however it happened, all of our eggs ended up in the voiceover basket. Um, mm-hmm. I know for me, uh, I started acting in 1987. And then in about 93, 94... I I live in Houston and I started to really get into doing commercials and videos and stuff like that, but doing the voice part. So I was doing all this industrial voiceover and commercial voiceover and stuff like that. And then in 97 and I was, I was putting my eggs in that basket with purpose. I mean, I was marketing myself and I was, you know, knock on wood, I was doing great. And, uh, 
1997, somebody asked me, hey, you ought to do anime. And I was like, what's anime? And they're like, Japanese animation. I said, well, I don't speak Japanese, so I can't, you know, I don't know what you want me to do. <laughs> hey, sorry. <laughs> so I can't help you there, pal. The, the one pre prerequisite I need, yeah. I don't have. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, it was like, no, it's, we dub it. And there was a company in Houston called ADV Films, now called Sentai. And uh, hey. I, start, I went over there and auditioned and, and had actually a crappy audition, but I ended up getting cast. And uh, uh, my first show was a show called Golden Boy. And, uh, you know, I, to me, for years, it was just another gig. It was another acting job. You know, I didn't look at it like, finally, I'm doing anime or, you know, I didn't even know what, again, I still didn't know what it was. I was like, um, mm -hmm. why does everybody just have blue spiky hair? I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so anyway, um, a few years go by and the studio, studio grows and then Funimation pops up up in Dallas, which is about four hours away from Houston. And I started working up there and, you know, driving back and forth. And uh, uh, then I started directing at ADV and then started going to conventions. And then, you know, just kind of fast forward. Now I work at Sentai as a director, a full-time director and uh, voice actor and go to conventions almost every weekend. I mean, so it has completely consumed my life. To the point where I don't even, you know, I, I don't even have time sometimes to do uh, other other things, other acting jobs. I have to turn them down. I don't have, you know, I've got an audition today. As a matter of fact, I've got to turn in, and I'm just trying to figure out when I'm going to do it. There you go. <laughs> but that all that's, that's not a terrible problem to have. That I'm, I'm, you know, I feel very, very blessed, and uh, you know, my. I mean, I love my life and I love what I do and I'm thankful and grateful for the opportunities and the where I am and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's just, um, it's really great. No. So John, so, uh, I kind of want to dive more into like the anime side of it since you kind of like, uh, got into a post fact, but, uh, something that I actually just realized when I was kind of like going through, uh, your catalog of different characters that you had, I don't know if it's like by accident or on purpose, but Trav, if you've noticed, like the voice actors that we've had on, whether they're like the protagonist or antagonist, they typically are that like the all the characters they play are like either the good guys for whatever show or the bad guys. But, John, you've interestingly enough, you've like seen a correlation done both. <laughs> like you've, you've played like the villain, like you're the villain. Oh, my hero academia. But then you also have played like a uh, protagonist and like Fulmer Alchemist and stuff like that. So do you have a preference? Like, do you prefer like to play the bad guy versus the good guy? Is there like a different like uh regimen that you go through? Like when you're prepping for a role, playing a protagonist versus the antagonist? Um, do you mean scowl in the mirror? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, where'd you go? Where'd you go? Where'd you go? There you go. We can still hear you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, well, first of all, I play, <laughs> it's funny. I play a lot of villains and a lot of dads and sometimes they're the same. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't really have a preference. I just play a lot more villains than good guys. You know, when we, when I started doing this, there weren't many actors that were, um, weren't many actors that were doing anime. They just, so they called on the ones that were doing it 
called on us a lot to do a lot of different things. And now there's a ton of actors that are trying to do it and, and are doing it and doing a very nice job. But because of that, um, I don't have as many, I don't want to say opportunities. I have as many opportunities as I want. I just, it's, uh, it's, but there's more, more, more fish in the pool. <laughs> you know, there's more people mm. to choose from. So, whereas in the old days, I'd be like, they'd be like, John, you're going to play this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy, you know. Now it's like, just, like, we just need you to play this guy. We've got the other actors to play these other parts. So, um, and, and because of that also, I've kind of gotten into a place now where I play a certain type of character. My voice is okay. suited for a certain type of uh, character. It's just, and I think when people think of me, they think of, oh, John would be good for that character or that kind of thing. So, um, and <laughs> uh, yesterday or the other day, I was doing a panel with Todd Haberkorn. He's up at this convention too. And he, he said something that I've never really thought of, but I, I really thought it was very apropos and very concise. But as actors, as voice actors doing anime especially, the studios have multiple studios doing stuff. So you don't, you may go into the studio and, and you work on this show for two hours and you go across the hall and work on My Hero Academia for an hour or two and then, you know, maybe go over and do some One Piece and then go. So we're kind of like, this is the analogy he used, we're kind of like studio musicians. And we have, depending on what show we're in, we have to know how to play that music. You know what I mean? So it's like one minute we're working with, uh, you know, <laughs> I want to say BB King, but he's he's dead. So why would I say that? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the point is, is you know, we're working with a blues musician. Now we're going to work with a classical musician. Now we're going to work with a rock mm -hmm. and roller. Now we're going to work with a rapper. Now we're going to work with a you know whatever. And as actors, it's our job to know how to fit in there. So. Um, the, the process for me is, is no different going, doing a villain or doing a, a hero or, you know, doing farmer number one. Farmer with a <laughs> so it's all farmer, Bob. Absolutely. Have you ever, when you, um, when you've had to record for different shows and within the same day, have you ever went into a different studio session and started speaking in your previous uh, <laughs> character's voice? And I, like, oh, wrong let me, show. Let me switch up real quick. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, no, I've never done that. I have uh, been at a convention and signed the wrong quote. Uh. <laughs> and I'll, I'll put, you know, I'm like doing a, a bunch of autographs and I'll sign something. I'm like, shit, that's not what he says. That's what all for one says, you know, or <laughs> but, <laughs> you ask for the back. Like, can I, can I just cross yeah. off real quick? Right. Uh, but yeah, cause usually, uh, especially when you're recording, um, like all for one right now is, is fresh crocodile. There's, there's about a, there's a handful of characters that I do. Um, that I know the voice. I mean, I just, I've done them for years and all this. Uh, taking on like a new voice or, or doing something that I haven't done in a long time. Like if you were to say, hey, uh, they're bringing Trigun back and you're going to be, you're going to be gas back Love again. It. I would have to hear his voice, how I did it. 
I don't remember how. Okay. You know, that was a long time ago. And I'm, I'm you know, the good news is I know I can do it because I did it. <laughs> but I you know right. I have to hear it. Uh, and uh, so that's the only really time that I, you know, we get in trouble for that. Not in trouble, that's not the right word. But we get, you know, get kind of right. caught up and, and confused or whatever. But no, I never, it's never like, hey, wait a minute, that's not the right voice. <laughs> that's good that's good no I, lo- I love that me me and travis say all the time you know like at, at our core outside of us you know you know wanting to use our platform you know provide a voice to the voices and everything like we're we're fans like when it comes down to it so it's just like i love when we have these conversations with you know like people in the industry and voice actors like the through lines because like you being on trigun i didn't even know that was part of like your resume that's the stampede is like my favorite anime character of like all time so it's like yeah like moments <laughs> moments guy, like man. this yeah like that's like my guy and i and i was uh I was super against like the reboot. Like I was just like, man, why do they always want to ruin like good things? Like we didn't need another trigun. I still watched the old one, but it's really yeah. good. <laughs> it's like re- <laughs> it's really, really, really good. So, it, it, the whole thing's been rebooted. <laughs> so it's it's crazy how they did it. I'm not like to be as least amount of spoilery as for people who are listening to this that might have not watched it. So they they like modernized it. But they they took like all the main story beats, like the really important stuff that happened, you know, like the knives storyline, Meryl, Millie, you know, Wolfwood and his past and everything. They took like all the main story beats, but like changed them. And even in some cases, like gave them to different characters. So it was like it caught you off guard. But then, like, if you remember the show, like, oh, I remember that storyline and it was somebody else. So it's like it's like a whole different show. Like, it's like a completely different show. But all the original English voice cast is still there. So it's like you have, like, the nostalgia and everything. So it's like it's, it's gotcha. really good. It's, it's, I, I was very, uh, very pleased, very pleased. And they, they go into, like, you know, Vashon and Nas being plants more like they go deeper into that. I got like you from a different planet. Well, I get. I'm just assume either they recast me or my character didn't come back. So, no, nah, gas back. He wasn't in there. But uh, but they, I think it was only twelve episodes. So they like stopped it. And there, there's obviously teasing like a season two. So you know, there's, there's hope for you if y'all are hearing this casting team. <laughs> give John his job I, back. <laughs> really, that uh, fire force gets to a point. Ah, oh, look, it, uh, that's that's me and Travis show another love, love inst- another instance of like the through lines of talking to people. It's just crazy. I'm hoping <laughs> that they just get to a point where Lord Death shows up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've we've literally been like waiting for season three <laughs> for so long. <laughs> well, we, we can so keep long. our fingers crossed, but you know, we'll see. We'll see. I'm- of course, it'll yeah. probably be like he, he shows up and just goes, Reba Chow! And that's it, you know, or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like all, all that build up. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. I always forget that that's like a Fire Force is like a. So, was that ever confirmed that that is like a prequel to Soul Eater or that's just like a fan theory? I've been told that. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a prequel. I don't know, but I've been told it is. Somebody leaked out the other day, and I'm, I'm, he's here. I need to talk to him about it, but he's in Fire Force. And I said, he tweeted or he texted me, and he said, hey, man, I don't know if it's going to be next season, but I think you are you have a character that's coming back. So, mm. 
I don't know. We'll see. Okay, breaking news. <laughs> Put the <laughs> the sound in there. He said, "Open up your schedule um, this time." <laughs> don't be don't be busy on this day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that would be cool. That would be really cool. And then what would really be cool is if uh, Lord Death got a, a pop, a Funko Pop. That would. Oh, uh, you know, Mikey loves Funko Pops. Uh, Matt just got him a Bakugo one for his thirtieth. Uh, That's dope. <laughs> <laughs> That's super, super dope. And then uh, just kind of circling back to bring a full circle, just for this line of questioning, like uh, being in the industry now with anime and stuff, like ha- have you become a fan, or because like you found it after the work, is it just kind of like business as usual for you, or like have you been able to like I'm, get into the fandom? Yeah, I I can. I, I'm kind of a little of both camps. Um, you know, I work. Uh, people ask me like, "What's your favorite anime?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, when I I direct all day long, and so really the show that I'm most invested in is um, the one I'm directing." But that being said, you know, I don't watch anime all day long in the studio and then come home and unwind by watching more anime. I, you know, I'm, I watch anything else. My kids, my wife. <laughs> but um, but I, also because of these conventions, I'm, I'm just floored and privileged and honored and humbled and you know, just at the, at the, the way this industry has grown. I mean, when, when we started, when I started doing this in 97, there wasn't, there was maybe a shelf at Blockbuster where you could get video. Mm, some <laughs> close videos. All <laughs> came on a VHS tape. Now, oh, and there might be one or two conventions a month somewhere. Now, this week, right now, there are like 10 conventions going on around the country, around the world, uh, for the price of a cup of coffee at Starbucks, you can have High Dive, which is Sentai, that's their streaming platform. For another cup of coffee, you could have Crunchyroll. For another cup of coffee, you could have... Uh, Netflix and you know I mean it's like literally if you if you mm-hmm. just cut out one meal a month you could have Netflix Amazon uh, High Dive and Crunchyroll and have access to more anime than you could ever watch in four lifetimes <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so the, the evolution the of anime accessibility been, yeah. now with streaming has made you know and also you know the pandemic helped <laughs> oddly enough the pan- mm-hmm. We all got yeah. watching Tiger King, and so people started watching anime. <laughs> <laughs> we did both, yeah, right? right. And me, so, so funny. Me and Trav actually like <laughs> semi like when our, our our first podcast was well, technically second, but like the first that we did where we like co-headed it together. Uh, we started it during the pandemic, and like part of like our launch was we did like a, a review of Tiger King episode. Oh, so. nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. It is. It is uh, crazy to think about just like how far anime has come because Matt and I have talked about about this before. Was that back in the day when it was in like the blockbusters? All for the some the reason, <laughs> the anime 
anime was not always just in the back, but it was always like right next to the adult film every time, like, exactly, <laughs> right? And so as kids, like we'd be like looking there, and like we'd have to like look over our shoulders because like mom, dad, I'm looking, I'm trying I, to. Find I promise, I'm Wayne looking at the cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, uh, really, anime. I mean, as we know, <laughs> people say, "What? What is anime?" And I say, "Anime is Japanese animation." And it's everything from Hello Kitty mm. to Hello Kitty. And everything. <laughs> <laughs> <At> bars. <laughs> but, you know, it's in, and people that don't understand it, they're like, well, it, that's just like porn. I'm like, you know, HBO is porn. <laughs> Netflix has porn on it. I mean, every show, right. uh, you know, so to sit there and, and demonize anime now there are shows obviously there's hentai but there are shows right um you know risky content and fan service and all that kind of stuff but there's some shows like i'm directing a show right now called the eminence in shadow and it's just a straight up cool show it's there's nothing if you haven't seen it i highly recommend it uh it's on it's on awesome on high dive so uh, but it's it's just a great show. I mean, it's you know, um, I'm quitting here. Oh. Mmm. Mortals, listen up. It's your god of destruction, Beerus here. Subscribe and follow the Dragon Ball for Life podcast, or else you shall be erased from existence. Hakai. Be back. My wife was trying to reach me. So. <laughs> no, no, no. Handle the important stuff. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to get you in trouble. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you go out of town and don't answer my phone. Yeah, calls? I know. I know. <laughs> I promise I'm working. All right. <laughs> He's like, interview. I'm doing it's, an interview. Like, really? Is that what you're calling this? An interview? <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's like, the, it's like when rappers tell their girlfriends, "I'm in the studio." I'm in the studio. <laughs> that's Trav. That's a perfect parallel to you know the anime section being next to the adult section. Like, no, I'm looking at the cartoons. Right. I promise. <laughs> well, nothing wrong going. Well, nothing I, bad I remember, going Matt, on here. I, <laughs> I learned the hard way about the 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 vast uh, like just a variety of anime. When I, first, when I first got into anime, I was like, you know, Dragon Ball Z was my gateway. Then watched Gundam Wing. So one time I was um, at home and I, I had to be at least like just sixth sixth grade, I believe. And I was on demand. There was the Anime Network, and I went to this. I just read the description. Mind you, I should have looked at the rating next to it, but I didn't. And it was like <laughs> something about like gargoyles and vampire hunters or something like that. I'm like, oh, this sounds really cool. First scene was like supremely, supremely dark, like the darkest I've ever seen any sort of animation. I was like, oh, is this what I? <laughs> is, this is not. This is not like. I don't uh, know if I like anime anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so I learned quick that you know there's definitely levels to it, I, <laughs> and, and you know the way the universe works. That would have been the time like your mom walked past your room, <laughs> like oh, right on that right. scene. Like this is what you've been doing, exactly. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I mean, you know, but again, you know, you can watch. I mean, you turn on the TV and just watch regular American television, and you're going to see yeah. the same level of stuff. You know, it's so just. It's not like it's any worse. You know, now 
you know, I went from, it went from as a kid, people being like, uh, or like, or once I got into high school, why are you still watching cartoons to now people will text me, yo, I need your latest anime recommendations. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm going to get into it. It's just, it's just crazy how the conversation has shifted and now how people just more openly want to watch it. And talk well, about I it. think too, you know, it's, um, you know, our American consumption of it has grown significantly. A lot of people that watch it have gotten older. Now their kids watch it. You know, I mean, I have people come up to my table all the time and say, you know, I grew up watching you and now my kid watches you and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's very humbling. It makes me feel old, but it's very humbling. <laughs> but, you know, the other thing is, is that the people in Japan that are creating the anime, you know, they now, and I'm just guessing, I don't really know. No one's ever told me this, but. Now that the American market and the and really the world, but especially the Western world, English speaking Western world, is so prolific and so wants to consume so much of this stuff, it's you know, they're not just creating it for the Japanese audience anymore. They have to take into consideration what would the American audience want. Now, early on, you know, and still today, it's not totally tailoring tailoring it for the American audience because part of it is we like to celebrate the Japanese culture. We like that, right? But I think, I would guess that, um, you know, now when they're doing shows, you know, the writers that are writing the shows or the people that are creating it, you know, they're not the people that created DBZ. You know, they're the people that were kids watching that. Now they're creating their own stuff. And so it's it's evolved as well. And I think you're just getting just the I, I look at the stuff that we're doing and I'm like, I mean, just the animation difference is off the charts. You know, you can tell yeah. when something was made in 1980 versus, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, I had a guy come up the other day. He brought a brought a, a DVD of a uh, show I did called uh, Aura Battler Dunbine. That I think I did in two, 2000. I mean, 23 years ago. <laughs> and it was one of my yo, first, it was one of my first leads. And it was, you know, I mean, I, I, I maybe signed one of those a year, you know, it's like, but that's what his show was, you know, but now you look at stuff and that's like, that just looks like old Robotech stuff. I mean, it's just, <laughs> so it's just amazing how the, the animation, the, production value the the writing the storylines all, all that has just grown and and really taken on new life i think yeah we, we gotta ask have you seen an anime uh movie in the theaters in 40x have what say that again have you seen an anime movie in uh, the theaters in 40X? I have not. Man, what what an experience! <laughs> you, you should, you should. It's quite, it's quite the, it's quite the journey. <laughs> um, that was. Uh, I've only seen the only movie I've actually seen. I did a movie called um, uh, "The Boy and the Beast" by Momura Hosada, and uh, he did Wolf Children and Summer Wars, and he's kind of like, kind of like Miyazaki. You know, just ma- he makes movies, okay. and uh, we did. We I went and saw that at the theater. Uh, it wasn't in 4D, you know, all that, but it was still. It's pretty cool <laughs> to see this thing blown up, you know, to movie screen size. Um, 
but yeah, you know, these, that's another thing. I mean, you know, these, these movies that they're doing, the DBZ movies or, you know, whatever, and they're getting these little theatrical runs and they're killing at the box office, you know, it's, it's amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And on that topic, because uh, I want to get into, uh, you know, you being all from one with how big my hero is and whatnot. I kind of want to go over like your recollection of like getting that role. But uh, just between you had brought like Dragon Ball. Uh, like if you go through like your catalog, like you you've kind of been in like almost every major anime franchise, like of the big ones of like the past thirty years. Are you just like a big game hunter, or are you just like kind of just stumble into Dude, these it, jobs it and then you just they take they take <laughs> off? Yeah, <laughs> I have. I mean, I I really when I actually when I started doing uh, my hero, I had no idea what it was. I was literally at the studio at Funimation working on another show, probably one piece or something. And they said, uh, Hey, we, <laughs> some, something yeah. small, you know, again, go from this studio now go over to this studio. And early on all for one didn't have a whole lot to say. I mean, it was like, you know, he'd get a report back and <laughs> I'd walk in the studio and they go, okay, uh, kind of here's what's going on. And we go, ready and record. And, and my all for one would go, Excellent. Okay, thanks for coming in. That's all you know. That's all we got. And I was just <laughs> like, "Well, who is, who is this guy?" <laughs> right. We got craft services. You want yeah, to hang yeah, out? Like, that did not take thirty <laughs> minutes. Okay, but thanks for bringing. And uh, so, yeah, a lot of times I don't know, um, and it's really fun for me because the fans do know, and you know, uh, especially if they read the manga and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I'll get people coming up to me all the time going, hey, you know, it's about to happen. I'm like, no, why don't you tell me? And they're like, oh, well, he's about to break out of prison and he's going to, And I, you know, I, I, I don't read the manga. Um, I like to be surprised. But uh, I will say that for years I thought, you know, there's no way that he's going to just end by sitting in prison and dying. There's just, that's. There's right. got to be something, right? There's got to be some epic showdown, final. You know, he may die, but it can't be in prison. And, you know, sure enough, he breaks out and does this whole meld with Shigaraki. And, you know, they become one and it's all part of his master plan. And, you know, so I'm really, really excited to see what happens in season seven. So, uh I was gonna. I was gonna say, is that is that like a bittersweet moment for you? Like when fans tell you like what's coming up, because it's like you're excited that you get to do. It. It's like now nah, I gotta wait. Yeah, like, oh, yeah that's so is. far away. It really, it really <laughs> is. Yeah, it's kind of like, well, I want that to happen right now. I'm ready to go now. <laughs> Said I'm ready to go. I'm ready. Like, can, to rock. can we just like record this? I know it's not gonna come off like two years. Let's yeah, just do this part yeah. now, though. So um, <laughs> here's what I was thinking. Yeah. Here's the the pattern. Or we can. Said, I, I have now. some notes. Then it's done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's just, you know, just get it in the can. Don't right. have to worry about exactly. it later. Right? So. Schedule it and I am free. No. Um, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it, that kind of anticipation, though, is uh, good. You know, it, and it, I remember in uh, season six when we started recording it, I was like all geared up because I, I record in Houston. We have a, the, there's a studio in Houston that we can remote record with Funimation. So I go, instead of driving up to Dallas, I'll do this remote recording. And uh, my friend, uh, 
who runs the studio called me up and he goes, Hey man, uh, so, uh, they need you for something. I said, is it for, uh, my hero? And he goes, no, no, that started already, but I, they haven't asked for you for that. And I'm like, well, now if it started already, what the hell's going on with all for one? Well, then, right. you know, here I am getting all paranoid. And then the next phone call is, so they need you for like three hours for all for one, you know, and it's like this epic thing. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And before I know it, <coughs> I'm like just every week I'm going in the studio doing it. Cause it's, it's just, you know, they, they release one episode at a time. And, um, right. So it just kind of snuck up on me, you know? So I, now I'm, I'm now, and then it ended, it ended kind of like it began. I was like, I didn't get a phone call. And then I did get a phone call and then I didn't get a phone call. I didn't get a phone call. I didn't get a phone call. I was like, Oh, I guess the season's over. Cause they don't, they don't tell us like, and that's a wrap for you. That's your last episode of the show. And you know. oh, you just don't yeah. get called back. In. That's but, crazy. Um, <laughs> but a lot of that, you know, they a lot. Yeah, they I keep wonder. us in the dark a lot. I mean, there's just no, um, mm -hmm. you know, we don't get scripts ahead of time. We don't get uh, the only heads up we get is, hey, I need to book you for a session in two days, or when whenever you're available. You know, um, so it's. Uh, it's a little, uh, what's the word I'm trying to say? We I just, again, we're kind of like mushrooms, man. We're just kept in the dark and fed a lot of shit. So yeah. why, why do you think that is given how popular, um, like a show as my hero is like, you would, you know, like you would just think it, well, it's going to be successful. Yeah. But so I'm just curious, like, you know, what, what, um, why are you guys left in the dark like that? Especially because y'all y'all work. It's not like, you know, you're part of a sitcom where it's just like, no, this is all you're going to be doing for like the next eight years. Like a live TV show, like voice actors, like you guys have you have your fingers in so many different things right. at the same time. So like like Trevor was saying, like to just kind of be like that uh, vague about your your scheduling. <laughs> it's like, how's that productive? Um, well, for <laughs> one thing, uh, they, you know, in order to combat piracy, this is really where it all comes from. In order to combat piracy, um, we have to get the product online, on the shelf, whatever you want to say, to the public as fast as possible in relation to when the Japanese release it. So, you know, it used to be a show would come out in Japan and then, okay, we're going to dub it. Okay, we're going to dub it into English and we'll release it a couple months later. And, you know, then the fans can have a subtitle or or a dub version the problem is or was is uh still is i guess but with a a show like that's very popular the fans want to see it now so if it comes out in japan i mean you'll get fan subs and fan dubs and stuff and they'll just you know try to create it themselves and they basically but they'll steal it mm. and so uh, in order to avoid that, it's like, uh, you know, it's like legalizing pot. I mean, it's, you want to take away the criminality aspect, legalize it. And then there are no more drug lords. I, right? I, I, buy it at the store. I wonder if that's how like, you know, DBZ like abridged, like came to be because it, it's essentially just like stole, well, stolen think, content re-recorded. I think. I think DBZ Abridge came about because you had some fans and they and what they wanted to do was just have fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they weren't they weren't trying to get it to the public right. so you can see it. 
they were they were twisting. They were you know doing Mad Libs and doing you know bad lip reading kind of stuff. It turned yeah. out really well for them. <laughs> it was. Uh, I mean, they were just having fun with it, so it was different. Um, but uh, you know, so now anyway, now the the point is is that the the companies really try to keep wraps on what's being distributed, what's coming out. You know, because they want to have more control over it. So they just don't let the actors know because, you know, the actors are all on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and all this. And, you know, uh, if you let something slip, Mm -hmm. you know, it could ruin a whole marketing campaign because an actor went, hey, everybody, I'm in the booth working on my new character. I can't say what it is, but he's a bad guy and he's in a show called. Well, I won't say the name, but it has M H A is the letters. <laughs> like, well, everyone, I mean, I, fans are so savvy. Yeah, I've I've done stuff where, like, hey, everybody, it's your old pal John Swayze, and I'm here in the booth working on a new project. Can't tell you what it is, but you're gonna love it. Stay tuned. And I will literally get messages going, "Are you working on Eminence and Shadow?" Like, how do you know that? They like it's well, it's April. Figured, you know? They take six months between seasons. <laughs> if he records yeah, now, all the way you move your lips. <laughs> right. and this is how you voice your character in that role. So that's how yeah. I get. And, and the other thing too is, you know, they're working on it. So I don't I don't know how long it takes them to do a season in Japan. You know, to animate it, record it, do all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. we'll just have to wait. But that's all right. You know, the the cool thing for me is that. Um, you know, at least for the foreseeable future, I have some job stability in that, you know, like at least another season. Too. Right. So so uh, part of my ignorance. So is is simulcast actually really simulcast? Or it's just like, oh, sooner than usual. Or is it actually like really? It's, it's sooner. It's sooner than usual. It's All just right. it, okay. <laughs> the lies like, we've been told. They, semantics. Funimation, Funimation calls them simulcast. We call them it's Sentai. We call them dubcasts. And it's just it's a it's just we're trying to get the show out as quickly as possible. Gotcha. Um, so it, it doesn't, but like I, I know at Sentai, you know, we'll release anything that streams on our stuff. If it's a new release, it'll get released as a subtitled version first. Mm-hmm. And then the dub will come a month later. You yeah, know what I mean? Dude. Yeah. Or or cash sounds cooler than like expedited cash. Right. <laughs> Saying right. like sooner, sooner than what you're used to is a mouthful. <laughs> Coming soon. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't trip off the tongue as well. For sure. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But uh, I kind of want to dive into uh, some other characters you had played because uh, when we had pre-spoke, you had mentioned a children's book, and I want to definitely allow you to uh, kind of go into greater detail about that. But we had kind of mentioned like uh, the crazy schedule that you and other voice actors have. And, you know, we were fortunate enough to have, uh, you know, Chris Sabbath, the legendary Chris Sabbath on the podcast. Do y'all two always play people that have issues or that's just kind of like a happy coincidence because it's like he's all might you're off one you with Adoria he was Vegeta even in even in even in Full Metal Alchemist like you guys always seem to be at odds like your characters I think that's just the luck of the luck of the draw I think you know Chris is a such an amazing (laughs) actor and does such a great job Um, but uh, yeah I think it's just it's more of a coincidence uh, at least from my point of view, maybe. 
maybe he's got some ulterior motive. I <laughs> you're his, you're his nemesis in real life. Yeah. <laughs> he's a, he's a like, method actor. If I'm going to play that role. I want John Swayze to play the role. Chris's method would be he's... fine for me. I would love it if he said that. Right? Yeah. Right. You're like, hey, I'll, I'll take that. Like, right. <laughs> Like, that's for us. That's forever work right there. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> but but uh, any any time uh, we're fortunate enough to have somebody uh, who had anything to do with uh, Full Metal Alchemist, we always have to ask the question, were you as emotionally devastated <laughs> with the Night of the Chimera Cry episode, <laughs> like with what happened with Nina? Were you as emotionally devastated as we the fans who had to witness that go down? And we're still we still have PTSD about that to this day. <laughs> we we asked Brina um, herself when we had her on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The voice actress who played the we had her on and she was like she went into it. But it was like that's such like an emotionally damaging thing, like to anime fans like across the board. Like, <laughs> like just all those like that big brother thing just gets us all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, that's uh I've always thought that uh uh Full Metal is like a is like a gateway anime. It's 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 such a good story. Mm-hmm. It's well acted. It's well written. It's well done. It's just well done. It's a great show, and um, and it and it's it get you know when you watch it, you just it's like a you're drawn into it. And uh, for me, I was very touched by it and I, you know um, it was a while ago but I it moved me pretty significantly I, I I felt you know tearing up and welling up and just you know like man that's, but you don't and what's significant to me about it is you don't run into a lot of stuff like that mm-hmm. I mean uh, uh, Gendo from Evangelion had that kind of effect mm-hmm. um, actually uh season five of my hero I had the same kind of experience where I was just I was just it wore me out just experiencing the whole thing whether I was acting or watching or whatever so yeah it definitely has an effect but it's just again it's just really solid storytelling you know it's not Mm -hmm. some stupid because sometimes sometimes animes will have like a really cool storyline going and then the last episode is just like, well, that was stupid. The pay, the payoff, ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was no, that wasn't any good. Got a full arc, and you're like, my that's how it ends. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, so the moral arc, Trav? That's just <laughs> I mean, for full metal. Yeah. Uh, the the Goku black arc. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Such promise. <laughs> Such promise. But it, it's crazy, John. Like you saying, like uh, in the fields and stuff. You're talking about season five of my hero. Trav hasn't seen it yet, so I won't like go too su- too super deep into it. But the episode, like the third to last episode of this past season, when uh Deku and Class One A like had like their standoff, man. I was bawling like a baby. Like, I don't think I've ever been like that touched by like an anime in my life. Like I was like, oh, I'm about to call my friends. Like, I love you guys. Yo, like man, like I like I was one. It was a really great episode, like you said. Like just just like great storytelling can movie like that, but just like it hit me in 
all the feels like every emotional cord i had to be plucked i was plucked <laughs> i was like man yeah. this is crazy the last time i had that was the end of the um chimera ant arc and hunter hunter with Marum. the way that that ended mm. that was i was like i've never this is the first time in a show i've actually like felt for the villain <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, the villain needs love, man. Yeah. <laughs> John said, yeah, support my support my guys. Support us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, they're they're really only they're really only villains to the good guys. To the bad guys, they're just people. There you True. go. You know, Th- Thanos wasn't wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> he might have went about it. He raised, some val- he raised some valid points. Right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> he wasn't wrong. I, yeah, I mean er- Eric and I had this conversation at a panel one time. Uh Eric Vale and you know these bad guys they they don't I think I don't think they think of themselves as like dastardly and wicked and evil it's like I'm going to do this I don't care what happens I don't care who it affects but this is what I want to do mm-hmm. and I'm going to do it so that's the end of the end of story mm-hmm. I'm going to do it <laughs> point blank period <laughs> and, and just, it's funny you say that because like I've said this to you before like off screen like I was I was a super duper I was a really big case closed fan like loved that show. Oh yeah, loved that show. I hated that they always gave like the murderer like a good reason to have murdered. Like just let some of these people be like psychotic deranged killers. Like it was always like a <laughs> a sympathetic villain at the end. <laughs> like, like oh this guy murdered my sister. I was like oh well damn now I'm sad you're going to jail for the rest of your life. <laughs> like, but it's like every episode they had like a good reason as to why someone was killed. Mm-hmm. I was just like man like everybody just can't be justified in murder (laughs) 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 but they gave it to him but they gave it to him but john but i know uh we don't have much more time with you but i do want to give you a chance to like talk about your children's book because you do much more than just voice acting and big part of this show is that we want to you know shine the light for voice actors of your caliber to like let people know about other stuff that you got going on so tell us about this book that you got that you got cooking up well uh thank you very much uh matt i appreciate that absolutely Um, yeah, I, uh, a friend of mine, uh, we collaborated and wrote a children's book, created it, and hired an artist and named Blake Shepard, who's actually a voice actor in anime as well. And um, it's a story of a spider monkey named Zeke who swings through the jungle and he keeps running into things and crashing into the ice cream man and the first, the mayor's wife and and it turns out he needs glasses. And, uh, <laughs> so he's afraid, but he doesn't want to go to the eye doctor because he's afraid. But he ends up going to the eye doctor and everything turns out fine. He gets his glasses. Now he can see great. And he goes swinging through the jungle. It's it's kind of, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're for learning to read books. I mean, there's five, six, seven-year-olds or younger maybe. But um, it's, it was beautifully illustrated by Blake Shepard. Um, this is the first book and we've written another one. We've just never done anything with it. And frankly, we really haven't done much with this one. It, it just, we, it, you can go to a website called jungleberg.com and you can buy the book. There's an audio version as well. We'll put, we'll put the and, link in uh, the description. We'll throw it in there. Uh, yeah, it's, it's jungleberg.com. Uh, B-E-R-G. Jungle B-U-R-G-H. B-U-R-G-H. All right. Okay. Got it. Thanks. <laughs> and but we really it, it the idea is that we were trying to create stories that um that kids the storylines are things that kids 
have to deal with and it's a big deal but to to an adult you're just like dude just man up just do it you're making more out of this but to the kid it really is something right um and it's uh, like the second book is about a squirrel who's afraid of heights and it's not about overcoming your fear of you know man up or squirrel up or whatever you <laughs> not up go climb that tree <laughs> not up or not, shut up <laughs> it's not about that it's about it's okay to have a fear of heights mm-hmm. but you're going to have to learn how to live with it mm-hmm. and do a workaround so um, that's kind of what the premise of the books is but and we really like I said I mean I, I appreciate you let me bring it up uh, we haven't really done much with it uh, but you know I really want to when I can find the time jump back into it and really start to push it out there because what I'd really like to do eventually is turn it into a uh, an animated children's series so awesome um, let's go but you know that that's a long way down the road, so I probably ought to get started on it. <laughs> <laughs> first, first, the hardest step's the first step. That's what they say. Yeah. So and say. you got to come back on here for when it's when it's back. Oh, one thousand percent. One thousand percent. Well, John, before we let you get out of here, uh, we always do like uh, ask if you, there's if there's any uh, wisdom that you kind of have. Like, I guess like because I'm sure you're asked this question all the time. What would be like your go to advice or maybe like the best piece of advice that you were given for somebody that may want to pursue voice acting? Well, the, the, the answer is very simple, and that's become an actor. Learn the learn the art, the skill of acting. Um, you know, a lot of people get all caught up in like buying equipment and, you know, it's, and I, I liken it to learning to play the guitar. You can go to the guitar shop and buy a $3,000 Fender Stratocaster and get a Marshall stack amp and pedals and switches and, you know, all kinds of things and come home and put it all together and plug it in, flip it on. But if you don't know how to play the guitar, it's stupid. It's pointless. So, uh, you know, learn how to play, learn how to act and, and be patient because, you know, uh, it's it isn't going to happen overnight, you know. I mean, I, I tell people who become an actor, oh, yeah, well, I used to do some theater in high school. Okay. I mean. <laughs> and. And what? <laughs> like, you know, if you, went to the, if you went to the doctor and he goes, you know, I, uh, I uh, once dissected a frog in high school. So that's kind of my training. <laughs> like, well, no, I'm not, not, not that voice acting is equivalent to becoming a medical doctor, but it is a skill set and you can't just, I mean, you might be able to, I guess anybody can, you know, do it, but it really does take work and training and, you know, you need to know things like how to read the script and how to just pull up an emotion and and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not something like don't, don't mimic, don't go, well, I can do a great, all might well chris sabbath's pretty well got that wrapped up he doesn't (laughs) job's pretty secured um so you know the biggest thing is just learn to act and then this will come you know 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Tra- Trav says all the time, you know, in regards to like the podcasting world, it's so much more than just talking into a mic. <laughs> like that, exactly. like that's exactly. that's the 100%. easy part. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, There's so much more to it, so much more to this kind of stuff. So, yeah, that's that's the advice I'd give. Perfect, yeah, perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time, John. Uh, we want to, like I said, highlight you, put you up on the pedestal, give you your flowers in real time. If you want to let <laughs> listeners know where they can find you, what you got going on, how they can support. Uh, yeah, absolutely, man. I'm on uh, Facebook and Instagram at John Swayze. Uh, it's, you know, pretty pretty easy to find me. I'm pretty transparent and stuff. Uh, but um, yeah, just go friend me. I don't do Twitter. So don't look for me there. The Wild uh, West. <laughs> I'm I'm just not a big fan of Twitter. Never have been. I'm mainly because mainly because I never knew how to do it. I'm with you again. <laughs> I, I got so frustrated. Look, Trav is my Twitter wizard. <laughs> like I'm like you, 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 I'll handle the Instagram, bro. You got the Twitter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Trav, do you have anything that you want to uh, say before we close this bad boy out? No, I just wanted to know. Thank you for coming on the podcast today. And um, like I said, we're holding you to it for once you get back to uh, writing your children's book. We're going to promote that again. But no, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we always just love having these conversations with uh, voice actors as yourself. Thank you both, guys. It's been a real, real delight. And uh, I've really enjoyed our conversation, man. It's a lot of fun. Awesome. Awesome. Well, John, like we always say here on the podcast, like once you come on, you are a forever return guest. So like Trav was just saying, we definitely would love to have you back on when, when, when this book comes out, when this animated series off this book hits the ground running. Speak it into existence. We're we're manifesting. We'll have it. But everybody, the lifers, the fans out there, uh, thank you to everybody that came out to Cospalooza. It was a smash. We had a great night. Uh, Part two will be in October. More details will be coming out about that as we go on. But like we always say here on the Dragon Ball for Life podcast, whether you watch it or you read it, we all need it. So open up your nerd eye and we will see you next time on Dragon Ball for Life. Dodon Ray. Shout out to Super Producer Mikey. Get out, Mikey. Get out. And shout out to Yali. <laughs> wow. This is all for one. All is well, for I am here. And you've been listening to the Dragon Ball for Life podcast. Now, do it again.